This Week in Tech. Now's your chance to get caught up on all that's happening in the technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now, here's Gene Destro. This week, how artificial intelligence is helping diagnose cancer and how to breathe new life into your old, out-of-date computer instead of just throwing it away or recycling it. All this and more coming up. The Trump administration is proposing guidelines to govern how artificial intelligence is used in medicine, transportation, and other industries. They say the proposals are intentionally vague, but should consider fairness, non-discrimination, openness, transparency, safety, and security. CBS News technology consultant Larry Maggot. One of the issues that the administration is tackling is a way to create broad guidelines to assure the ethical rollout of artificial intelligence without dictating specific technologies that could stifle innovation. While there are reasons to be concerned about the ethics and safety of artificial intelligence, there are also reasons to encourage innovation in that field, because AI can do a lot of good, including helping to cure or prevent diseases, eliminate traffic jams, power autonomous vehicles, and so much more. But it also has the potential to do harm when it comes to privacy, security, and civil liberties. So it's appropriate that the government should be concerned about the ethics of AI. Now, speaking of artificial intelligence, there are some new studies that show it might be able to better detect breast cancer than the methods we've been using for years. Jim Shenevy tells us why. Scientists reporting in the journal Nature say using artificial intelligence to read mammograms reduced false positives by nearly 6% when compared to human radiologists. False positive refers to a mammogram that is deemed abnormal even when no cancer is present, something that can cause undue stress for patients. AI also is better than humans on false negatives, where a mammogram is deemed normal despite the presence of a tumor. The computer algorithm reduced those cases by nearly 9.5%. Computers have been used for diagnosing illness for many years, but the use of artificial intelligence is still in its infancy. Experts say these findings are still very exciting, but it will be a while before doctors take the advice of a machine over that of a trained radiologist. And that's for your information. I'm Jim Shenevy, CBS News. Also today, Microsoft finally stopped supporting Windows 7 this month. While they've been trying to get users to upgrade to a new operating system for years, there are still millions of people worldwide who have been dragging their feet and hanging on to the bitter end. Now, if they want to have an updated operating system that gets regular Windows updates, they're going to have to either upgrade the operating system on their old computer or buy a brand new one. And while having to make that kind of choice may be a new experience for Windows 7 holdouts, it's routine for Mac users because Apple stops supporting operating systems a whole lot more often. Of course, there's something in it for Apple to do that, as they supply both the hardware and the software. So win-win for them when you have to buy a new device. With Windows, it's a little bit different, because for the most part, Microsoft doesn't make the hardware upon which their operating systems run. Still, though, for the end user, the problem is the same, whether it's an old PC or an old, outdated Apple computer. You're left with hardware that may still work 
just fine. But an operating system that can't receive bug fixes or vital security updates. In addition, some old computer hardware still works great, but just isn't powerful enough to run the latest new operating systems. So what are you going to do? While the easy fix is a new computer, not everybody can afford one. So here's some good news. There's another option. What you can do instead is forget about Windows and Mac operating systems and just install a completely different, absolutely free, open source, constantly updated operating system called Linux. To find out how, I talked to computer science professor Dr. John Nicholas from the University of Akron. Open source software means that no company really owns it, that there are a bunch of programmers out there all around the world who are doing this coding for the sake of coding. Uh, and these are the folks who are really, really on top of things, and they take great pride in making their stuff as non-hackable as possible. So what you basically have when you're going to the open source world is not a company, but a bunch of uh, computer enthusiasts and coding enthusiasts who are working very hard to build an operating system and keep it safe. In terms of like how and why this can save you money, it's because why? It's because the software is all free. And because it's free and it has smaller overhead, meaning it's using less hard drive space and less RAM, that you can repurpose older machines and, and actually extend their life by maybe five or six years. That's fantastic. So you could have a computer that maybe doesn't even have as much power as some of the newer ones, and it could still run this operating system? Right. With the, the commercial operating systems, they want to make it as seamless as possible so they keep their customer support costs down. So they basically throw everything in there that you think you might need, where Linux's approach is, we're going to throw in only what you need to get up and going, and then anything on top of that you can add yourself. Okay. Now, I don't expect you to give us point-by-point point instructions on how to do this, but I wonder if in general you could tell people out there who might be interested in doing this what they need to do and kind of the general approach to it. So the first thing you need to do is you, you need to decide on a, uh, a distribution. There's many, many different distributions out there. Ubuntu is one of the more popular ones, or you may have heard of Fedora and Red Hat. Those are the two big ones. Uh, the first thing you would need to do is go to their website and download the install. It's usually a .iso file. And then from there, you can make a bootable drive out of a USB or a CD and then boot to that drive and load the operating system just like you would load any other software. And you would set it up just like you would Windows or Mac OS. What website is that? For Fedora, I believe it's fedora.org, and Ubuntu, it is ubuntu.org. Uh, but if you go to any search engine and Google Linux downloads, it will take you to some sites that have this. But if you were to go to linux.org, you could find links to the various build. Yeah, there's different options there, and if that got a little too technical, if that was a little too techy, and then just look for user-friendly downloadable versions of Linux, and it will take you to one of the sites. So. Then what do I do? Once you're there, and it will take you to the download page, and you just simply download that, you'll Save it, of course, on your Windows or Apple machine, and then there will be instructions on how to make a, a bootable device. So uh, maybe maybe you take your USB drive. You'd need a blank USB drive or a blank CD, and then you would put this file on there. It should be a .iso file, and that, that is just an installation file. So anything that you load and install is either an MSI file for Microsoft or an ISO file um, for bootable installations. And then you would just boot to that drive and from that point on, it's just like any other operating system. It'll just look and feel a little different. And so how do I get to that once I turn on my computer so that it doesn't automatically go to the Windows operating system? Most of the time, by default, 
if you haven't made any changes, it will start looking for bootable devices before it gets to the hard drive. Ah, um, okay. And so unless you've changed that, it should do it automatically. If you have changed it, then you just got to go back and undo that setting. So let's say that I was a little bit unsure and I wanted to kind of hedge my bet and I wanted to have like a dual boot system so that if it screwed up, I would still have Windows left over if I should so choose or I would still have the Apple operating system on there. Could I do that? You can. That gets a little bit tricky in that if you're going to do that, you'll want to partition that drive, which means splitting it in half. So if you have a one gig hard drive, you might want to make 500 megabits um, the uh, Apple operating system and leave the other one blank because you can't overwrite the operating system. But you can split it and make free space and then load Linux on that other half. I got it. Uh, and, then, and then when you boot up, it'll, well, depending on if you're using a PC, it'll just boot up and say, which one do you want to boot into? If you're using an Apple, you have to hold down the option key when the Apple appears, and then it will give you the option to boot to one or the other. So will the applications that I normally use work in Linux? Some do, but there is also an open source equivalent of, of all of that out there. So, for example, if you're using Microsoft Office, there's a product called OpenOffice that you can download and it's free. And it, it will pretty much have all of the same features. Generally speaking, you won't notice a different. It will save the files as a different type is all. But you'll still have the same functionality. Same thing with Apple. They have all their tools in there. And so you would find some open source equivalent if that product didn't work in Linux. A lot of times now, they're pretty movable. Because I've been kind of researching this myself, I am not confused by what it is that you just said, but there might be people out there who are completely confused and they're like, oh my God, this is too hard. Can you reassure them? It's not as bad as it sounds. Sometimes it's like going from driving an automatic vehicle to a stick shift. It's a little uncomfortable and all that, but once you get used to it and up and rolling, you'll find that, that it's just a different approach to the same problem. For more information and some links to help you get started, go to our website, wakr.net, and look for them listed with this week's program. And that's it for now. See you next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news and find more online at wakr.net.